Thank you so much. Isn't that time of worship so incredibly deep and tender? It just, my spirit is just, woo. <laughs> um, so I know that the Lord wants to touch you. And I, I have notes, I have a, a gist of what he wants to me to share. But I know there will be ministry and I don't want to take up too much time so that we have a short time of ministry, I'd rather just do it right now, actually. But um, I love being vulnerable. Who loves being vulnerable? <laughs> maybe some, maybe not. Um, I do love being vulnerable, and there is, a, there is a power in that when you are submitted to God, and you're allowing Him to do the transformation work in you. And uh, just in the worship um, this morning, in that time, I I felt maybe to just go straight there before I share a scripture or so. Um, there, there's, I don't know if, if any of you have felt it. I know some of you have. But in, in the world right now, in the atmosphere and the times we live in right now, there's, there's stuff going on um, in the spirit, in the airwaves. And um, the enemy is wanting to to come close and do his thing. He's got a strategy. We're not really cared about his strategy. We're cared about leaning into God, leaning into his presence, leaning into Holy Spirit, because we, we don't want our focus on that. But if any of you have, just put up your hand, if you felt pressure, felt, and I'm going to use the word torment, because there's, there's been stuff going on. Anybody? Because I'm putting my hand right up there, because... Um, and, and the vulnerability is it, it hit me yesterday in such a way that the, the torment was so real and, and it felt like it was just sapping the very breath and very life and the energy from me. The first thing you want to do when you feel that way is stay in bed. <laughs> you want the covers over your head, which happened, you don't want to do too much. You don't want to speak to anybody. You don't want to look up. And, you know, I, there, as I said, there's so much happening, and you could, there's, there's no reasons to give why that happened yesterday. I have my journey. You have your journey. But I want to use it, and I want it to touch those maybe that are sitting here today, and there may be even women, not just because it's Mum's Day, but because I'm a woman, and there may be women in this room and men, who have felt that torment, have felt that uh, a strategy and attack. And I don't want to, to dwell on that because he has given us a hope and a future. And he gives us permission. This is what I'm realizing. He gives us permission to come to terms with what is happening in our emotions, but not to stay there. You can embrace what's happening in your emotions, but not stay there. Because then it's not a spirit life that we're living if we remain there. But he gives us permission to identify what's going on and to actually, if it's grieving you need to do, it's to grieve. If, if you're disappointed, you can be disappointed for a moment but not stay there. You can be angry for a moment but not stay there. And I'm learning this on my, my personal journey. Um, but the, the truth is higher than all of that. And the fact is, greater is he that is within me than he that's in the world. So my eyes, my focus, my attention needs to be on what he's put inside of me. 
and what he's put inside of you. Because God knows your journey. He knows the process in your life to get you from A to B. And uh, he is faithful to do that. So I want you to turn to um, 2 Corinthians 4. I'm going to read from verse 5. I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. My, my short message this morning is, is treasure in clay jars. And from verse 5 it says, We don't preach ourselves, but rather the Lordship of Jesus Christ. For we are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let brilliant light shine out of darkness, is the one who has cascaded his light into us. The brilliant dawning light of the glorious knowledge of God as we gaze into the face of Jesus Christ. Verse 7. We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's and not ours. We're going to stop there and we'll carry on just now. Paul says that we are all like common jars of clay, yet we possess the brilliant light of Jesus Christ, which is the glory of God, and we carry him as a treasure in our being. So that, it says, the extraordinary, the extraordinary overflow of power that comes from our lives, even when we're going through stuff, but we're choosing him, okay, that extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's and not ours. A while ago, a few years ago, I think in, when we were in Hong Kong, um, I heard Izzy DeGiacini preach a message on um, coping. And... Uh, the message was, basically, we, we, we were not born to cope. And this is a good thing for women. Because we manage so many things at the same time. And we were not born to cope. And um, we were born to live. So we don't want to just cope. We want to continue and finish strong. In the week, I, felt, I just felt this word, continue, continue, continue. And I knew it was the word of the Lord to say, don't stay where you are, Jane. Get up and continue and continue and continue. And in those moments, what I'm realizing now is, is when you feel that torment or when you feel that incredible, whatever it is, loneliness, uh, uh, insecurities that come, you know, it, our default is to take a step back, as I said earlier, but to, to try and do this on your own. Because what happens is, you get angry, you get disappointed, or whatever the case may be, and then you start saying to yourself, but I, I, this is not right. I should not be like this because I'm a believer. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a leader, or I'm a whatever you are. It's, it's, it shouldn't be happening because I believe in God. I'm a believer in his word. And then what happens is the accuser comes and he brings shame because then shame is even stronger than the actual problem before. Because now the shame and that, that pity thing comes, and he, then you stay there for a while. And I want to, by the Spirit of God, shake that up in our lives because we, we will continue to, to circle the airport. We will continue just cycling those areas in our lives where, in fact, this morning, 
or whenever you decide to say, right, today is the day, he, he can actually, he comes in his strength and he raises you up out of that place, okay? So I found that it's exhausting trying to cope and manage everything. And what's happening is I'm realizing that it's easier to surrender this clay, all right? We're jars of clay, we're vessels of clay. It's, it's easier to surrender this clay to the spinning wheel. Okay, I want you to picture in your mind a potter at his spinning wheel. Have any of you seen that? I've heard about it. I've, I watched a clip yesterday because I had this jar of clay thing going on in my heart. And I watched a clip and it was so beautiful to see how the potter just has his water and the clay. And the, but you know what's going on? There's motion. There's, there's movement as he's molding. And it's, a, it's actually a beautiful thing to watch. And that is what the Father is doing in us and, and through us. Um, it's like we're, we're put on the wheel of God as that spinning wheel. And it's the Spirit of God where there is movement and motion. And then under the hands of the potter who transforms us continually to carry the treasure of himself. Okay, so it then got me thinking of the times in the Word where jars of clay were mentioned. And I was thinking immediately about the alabaster jar. And I thought, no, well that, that was broken, Lord, but that's not a jar of clay. What am I looking for? Where is it? And then it was, ah, it's Gideon. Who remembers the story of Gideon where there were so many hundreds of thousands of people in an army, but God kept shrinking it. He kept saying, no, 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 you don't need so many. You're going to face the Midianites, but I don't need, you don't need so many. No, no. And it kept shrinking, shrinking until there were 300 men with Gideon. And remember Gideon's name. Well, no. Gideon's name means. What does it mean? <laughs> Opposite of timid. Anyway, courageous, brave, mighty, brave. All right. Gideon thought he was timid because he was in the natural and he kept bargaining with God and saying, give me a sign, give me a sign that you surely, are you saying that I need to go out with 300 people? Only 300 people? It can't be me. And then he tested, checked it out. Give me a fleece, do this. Anyway, he got to the point where he obeyed the voice of the Lord. And it was the voice of the Lord that took Gideon and 300 men he put a, a trumpet in one hand of each warrior and a jar of clay with a lamp inside. Why? Because they were going to position themselves and watch the Midianites as they slept. And they, it, wasn't, it wasn't weapons that were carnal. It wasn't weapons of this world. It wasn't a sword. Well, they thought they were going to go and cut heads off in the night while they were sleeping. It wasn't God's way because in the natural Gideon and his 300 men would be slaughtered, okay? But what did they do? They positioned themselves, and they had a, they blew the trumpet at the sound of Gideon's voice, and then they smashed their jars of clay so that the light could be revealed. So when the Midianites heard the sound, they saw the light. There's sound. There's light, okay? You can think deep about that. There's something in that, <laughs> And then they got confused. They got confused and they started killing each other and killed everybody. They killed themselves. And that was, 
God just even showed me yesterday that even in your despair, Jane, even in your weakness right now, it's, you're not going to get out of it in the way maybe others do. You're not going to get out of it by being strong and be, by ticking boxes in your life. You're going to get strong by singing the song he's put in your mouth. You're going to get strong by declaring the word that this victory is the Lord's. Okay? This victory is the Lord's. So what I'm journeying, what you are journeying, you've got to declare out of your mouth today that the victory is the Lord's. It's not going to come by your power, your strength. We are finished when it comes to that. But in Christ, who has done it all, we are able to rise like eagles, again with fresh vision. And the thing is, it's not to go in and out of this, but the, the more you respond and the quicker you respond from those times of despair and disappointment or, or whatever you're in, the quicker we're going to just continue, continue, continue. And those things, we, we get authority over those things as we conquer those things in the Spirit and not in ourselves. The minute we try to do it in ourselves, the cycles start happening. It's like this. And you wonder, why, why can't I just get breakthrough in this? He wants to give you authority. Authority in himself. And he gives you permission to actually say, actually, I'm feeling this way, God, but I'm bringing it to you. I'm not going to try and work it out. The minute I try and think and work out plans to get myself out of this, and I'm going to do this better, and I'm going to go here and do this, it does not sustain. It does not sustain. But God wants you to continue on the spinning wheel of a spirit where there's motion and movement and, a, and, and something beautiful comes out of that. Um, so let's look at the jar of clay. The, the earthen vessel is not the focus. Because we only have this earthen vessel while we're here on earth. But what we contain is forever and eternal. So why focus on the jar of clay? So whatever we're going through, whether it's a good time or a bad time, we've got to focus on what's within, okay, because that's eternal. So in heaven, I had this picture, if we're not concerned with the outer shell and the, the jar of clay, but we're concerned about the shining, radiant treasure in all of us, can you imagine, can you imagine us in heaven one day all together and the, the, the tent, the clay is, is diminished, it's gone. But we're spirit people, and I'm like, look at this. You've got the same thing. It's the same. What you have in there is the same as what I have. Okay? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna know each other because of what's within us, not because of the outer shell. Okay? So, so the enemy now is wanting us to keep our eyes and attention onto the outer shell and get us preoccupied with something that is about to diminish. Okay, instead of this very thing. Okay. <clears throat> and then we look at the cross of Jesus. So the, the things, everything that, that Christ accomplished at the cross, the ultimate sacrifice, that once and for all sacrifice, now means that nothing is broken in my life and nothing is missing. And we are complete in him because of his sacrifice. So how come we're going through things? 
It doesn't mean that the once and all sacrifice says, I'm going to take everything away, and you never have to go through these things. But it means that as once and for all sacrifice is with me every single moment, every single conversation, every single day. And as long as today is called today, I'm going to choose him. I'm going to choose life, okay? So that's the strength that he puts inside of us. And so I'm not saying that we need to become broken like this jar of clay every time, you know, they, they smashed it for the light to shine or or the woman with the alabaster jar, which was made of marble, but she still had to break the top of the jar for all of the perfume to come out at the, at the one time. I'm not saying that we have to be broken every time for him to be revealed in us, but rather we need to be yielded. We've spoken a lot about a yielded heart in this church, but it is time to, to be yielded um, to his continued transformation process by his loving hands. So how do we do that? This yielding gives way to this treasure emanating from within us to others. So the yielding is, and this is where I feel there might be ministry, the yielding is to grab hold of our emotions and taking authority in it once and for all in Christ. And the yielding is to to identify it and to come to terms with it and to be real and authentic. I think, I think we know in this church enough by now that we, we, we don't tick boxes here. We don't just try and be happy on the outside and strong for others. That is why he places us in family. So I, can, I have family. If it wasn't for family yesterday... I could have maybe remained in that spot a little bit longer. But when family begin to speak life and you come into agreement with it, you rise from it and you're stronger than ever. And you know because you're not looking at yourself the way you see yourself. You're looking at yourself the way God sees you and the value that is there. Um, so we are family, and we've preached this for a long time. We are family. We better start living it out. We better start being authentic. We better start being real with one another. Okay? We don't need to hide and isolate and to do things on our own. Okay? We can't cope like that. We're not called to do it that way. Christ gave us a body to outwork all that he has for us. Okay? And we do it together. So this yielding is an act of surrender. A yielded life is a worshiping life. And you know that already, that it's not about singing songs, okay? We, we, we've got to shake that off. We've got to actually get a new mindset here when it comes to worship. Because when we say worship, everybody's mind goes to the music and the singing in the church when we're together. But a yielded life is a worshiping life. A yielded life is a worshiping life. So what do we do with this treasure, this treasure that 2 Corinthians tells us about? Well, what do you do with normal treasure? What would you do if you got a huge, big pirate's box full of glistening gold and treasures and sparkly stuff? We display it. We're so overjoyed with it, but we, we've got to protect it, don't we? So with the treasure that he's put inside, we guard the revelation that he's given us. We guard it. 
It's not something to flaunt, but we do share it. We share it, but we also steward it. We care for and value the secrets of himself that he shows to you, and we share it with wisdom. Do you know what I'm saying? Or am I just going too fast here? It's the secrets and the treasures of himself that he's put inside of everyone. And because he's put it in us uniquely, it looks different, but it's the same thing. Okay, we've got to guard it the way he's given it to us. Okay, and share it and steward it with wisdom. Because we carry the weight of his glory. And we are vessels of his glory. If you go back to 2 Corinthians, we're going to read from verse 7 on to verse 18. Again in the Passion. Um, sorry, from verse 8. Though, so now, though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. We continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies so that the resurrection life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. You see, it says revealed through our humanity. It's okay to look at your humanity at times and be real with it. That's my point this morning. But we don't stay there, okay? We consider living to mean that we are constantly being handed over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. So then, death is at work in us, but it releases life in you. We have the same spirit of faith that is described in the Scriptures when it says, first I believed, then I spoke in faith. So we also first believe, then speak in faith. We do this because we are convinced that he who raised Jesus will raise us up with him, and together we will all be brought into his presence. Yes, all things work for your enrichment, so that more of God's marvelous grace will spread to more and more people, resulting in an even greater increase of praise to God, bringing him even more glory. So no wonder we don't give up, for even though our outer person gradually wears out, our inner being is renewed every single day. We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal, weighty glory far beyond all comparison. Because we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. Isn't that the life of every believer that Christ wants in us? And so, I, I want to act on, and it's not a dull, morbid moment, um, because Christ is here, His presence is here, and I know he wants to raise people out of a situation emotionally this morning. Um, so I, I'm not even, even going to explain it too much. If you're feeling a little bit of what I was feeling maybe yesterday, um, I want you to just respond. Um, I don't know, Sal, if you're available to play. It would be great. Um, we can all stand. Let's stand. So...
I just feel like, if I can put words to it, that God wants to meet us in our humanity and remind us of what he did on the cross, but also to take us forward and put us on that spinning wheel of transformation where um, it's all about him and not about us. It's a place of surrender emotionally. It's a, pra- a place of yieldedness emotionally. So if you're feeling that, would you come? Because I'd love to. I, I don't believe we go through things just for the sake of it. We go through things to, to help one another and to impart. So if there's any resonating thing that you're feeling, would you come to the front, please? I also want to pray for a physical thing. If there's anybody, you can raise your hand for that because um, if there's anybody who's, who's got a problem in their joints and their bones, if, if there's pain, yeah, if there's pain in your joints and your bones which is restrict, restricting you, just come forward for that. If you can just raise your hand for that so I can see who that is. Why don't you come forward? We're going to pray for them.